Thank you so much for the honor of uh, speaking to such an important group of particularly medical oncologists. Um, a huge honor, and thank you for coming to listen to a surgeon, because it's a bit different. Um, I don't really think I'm a creator. I think he did that creating, and the magic that comes in the TME operation came through embryology. Uh, it's really through the eyes of Bill Heald, a simple surgeon, not a creator. Seems much too grand a word. Um, if you are a surgeon, please read what I wrote down. We were asked to give um, summaries of what we were going to say. And on the plane, I thought, my goodness, that is not bad. I really was pleased with what I'd written. But it really was for surgeons. And I've gradually realized that it's too surgical what I wrote down. But please read it if you are a surgeon or are especially interested in the surgical detail of TME. But I think this is more for oncologists, because I think most, most of you are oncologists, either clinical or medical. I do think you need to know your surgeon, so giving me half an hour to talk about TME is perhaps of value to you practically in your MDTs. You need to know how good a TME he or they or she, I should have put, uh, can deliver because it's highly relevant to the things that you do. Uh, a brief look at the history. Uh, long ago, uh, the uh, rectal cancer surgery, the very first one I saw as a student, the patient bled to death from pelvic bleeding on the table. And I thought that was fairly normal. I was just impressed that the surgeon apologized to everybody in the operating room for killing his patient. I didn't realize he probably wasn't a very good uh, surgeon, but at least he was a polite Englishman, I suppose. Um, things were literally pelvic rape when I started. So it was a very good place to start. I could only really have improved things by trying to um, do things better. We frequently cut through the mesorectum like that and took out a very imperfect specimen and local recurrence occurred in anything from up to 50% of some surgeons' uh, cases. Somewhere along the line came the idea, and the idea came uh, because of finding in the fat that we used to uh, divide at the back of the um, uh, rectum, that was in the Robin Smith book at the time, we used to uh, take anything we saw, and I said one day, oh, sister, and we called the operating room nurse's sister, um, sister, just put that in a jar. And a week later, we find that this lymph node actually has a cancer deposit in it. So uh, a few weeks later, by chance, I was referred from Salisbury, not far from Basingstoke in England, a, a, a what was called a suture line recurrence. And I was able to do a second anterior resection and to see quite clearly that the local recurrence at the suture line was in reality due to residual mesorectum. 
So that was really where the idea came from. And then I was fueled by the extraordinary observations of this lovely man, still alive in his late 90s, Paul Hermanick, who observed very bravely in Germany a huge difference, 5 to 55% local recurrence. I happen to know that the guy scoring 55% in apparently curative uh, low anterior resections was in fact a chairman of a department and rather a famous one. He also showed that the best and worst could actually double the survival figures. I have to say thank you to this man. He was my senior and he was a visceral surgeon but when the idea of TME got going, he said, Bill, I think you might have a good idea there. I will stop doing rectal cancer and I will send them all to you. If it had not been for that gracious and self-sacrificing clinical decision, we would uh, never have had enough cases. I also have a huge thank you to this guy. We used to share a clinic with me. That was the, uh, that was the uh, really forerunner of the uh, clinical nurse colorectal specialists also. So you see, I had hair then. It was a long, long time ago. I mean, proper colored stuff. Um, anyway, there was Roger. He always believed in pre operative radiotherapy very rarely for the fixed immovable cancer that we considered or others considered inoperable, but we never accepted inoperability. But the normal local recurrence rates were that sort of level, and he found in my clinic that it is different. And I was so grateful that day, I'll never forget the day when he said, this clinic is quite different from all the other clinics around the bottom of England because they have local recurrences every week. And uh, I said, thank you very much, Roger. You make me feel good. Uh, we were doing something different. Well, what were we doing different? We were at least trying to do the TME. And I have show you a video from long, long ago with the sound if it comes. Uh, maybe it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You can see a, a really rather fine. It was a demo case in Manchester. People were beginning to be interested. And you see the shape. I ask you to look at the shape and the bulging ends of the mesorectum and the fascial covering of it. You are looking at a rectum entirely surrounded by its integral mesentery. And at the same time, we got astonishing views in that particular case, which was heralded by my friends in, uh, 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 in Sweden particularly, and in Norway where they were becoming interested, uh, as a game-changing case. Because they saw that if you took out a perfect mesorectum, a funny-shaped thing that it was, uh, you could also leave behind all the autonomic nerves. And you see there the superior hypogastric plexus. And you see the pelvic sidewall fascia with the internal iliac vessels outside it. You see there what I call the arrogant pillar. And you see what is actually just a few little nerves going to the rectum at a point which used to be called the lateral ligaments. 
let me do, just show you what a long, long way away it is for an open surgeon and how gently you need to handle the tissue. And we zoom in with an old-fashioned camera. I was a cinema operator when I was 16. My father thought I'd never get into medicine or do anything useful. Um, but you see there, we can see those nerves so beautifully. And I must rush along, and that's why I have my own computer. We've let the whole of the nerve system drop back. And we're actually, oh, there, there you are. I'll get back to a little more of that later. Trying to get that movie to finish, but it's actually rather nice. Why won't it finish? Okay, we'll... The first video that was, that really showed the pelvic autonomic nerves to an audience. Turning those diagrams into recognizable reality has been, in a way, my life's work. And, of course, it's really important. I'm not advancing for some reason. I don't know why that is. So I have to, that's really going to be a real problem. Pelvic happiness depends upon it. Um, and, of course, the idea went down like a lead balloon. There's no such thing as the mesorectum, said one person. Take no notice of this guy. He's a flamboyant charlatan, said a famous man. There's no such thing as the anterior mesorectum. Uh, there's actually a video, uh, there's actually a, oh dear, it's not good that my, uh, never mind, I shall cope. Um, you see there, uh, Pro Professor Sturck from Germany did an <coughs> angiogram on a mesorectum. And it shows some really interesting things. Again, this funny shape, this bulge at the bottom, which fits into the uh, pelvis. I have, this is really going to be tricky because there's something fundamentally bad with my computer and I only seem to be able to advance. Um, anyway, we keep going. Um, on this evidence, it's often safe to limit mural clearance, we said, uh, and this was one of our first papers. And uh, it was received with the same Rudeness, um, I was attacked on television by Mike Kelly from Portsmouth. Um, very embarrassing, hostility grew. Oh, now, I, none of my, it's really very difficult. It doesn't matter. We'll actually just have to depend on each slide having one message. Uh, what essentially I'm saying is that it's all about uh, embryological planes and if you see the general idea is that you must have in your head that we're talking about uh, the bowel itself and the integral mesentery now that includes everything the veins the arteries the lymphatic drainage the supporting tissues and it all forms an integral and important structure which needs to be uh, removed and you see that it all depends upon that single tube going back into the going back into the uh, abdomen at a very early embryological stage and then we have to reverse the steps of the embryology precisely
I seem not to be able to run that video, but never mind. Um, oh, now what is happening here? Something very strange has happened here. Let's go back to this then. I think, uh, okay. Don't worry too much. I will, uh, I think I will manage. I will try. But every time I press a button expecting something to happen, it doesn't happen, which is, uh, which is potentially disastrous, really. Um, Oh, sorry, we, we're not on the right. We're not on the right presentation, even. But every time I touch it, I don't know what is indeed has happened. Yeah, keynote file open recent. I'm so sorry about this. Where is my Barcelona? It's gone right down the bottom there. All right now. Yeah, I know. That's what I. I don't, okay. uh, we have to escape and go back where we were. Maybe it'll work now. We, um, we got to there, didn't we? We'll see whether that one will work. Yeah, that one's going to work. This is really a, for, uh, a video for medical oncologists to show, uh, because they're not interested so much in the surgical detail, but you see the surgeon in open surgeon where he puts, got his hand in there and he's going around producing, by following something white, he is producing a, a perfect specimen and he's putting staplers along the end and he's getting a specimen and that's how it really looks. That's the one that was <coughs> won the beauty contest for TMEs and it came from P.O. Nystrom in uh, uh, Stockholm. And you notice that it's surrounded by visceral fascia. Um, now it's moving and doing very well. Uh, so I, I will just show you a little way along how we, did the, how we do that bottom bit once we've got to the pure visceral muscle tube the, becomes the internal sphincter and inserts into the pelvic floor, the shelving pelvic floor. And you see that we wash out the lumen because there is a small number of implantation um, recurrences and we check that the distal end is okay. An important man, one of my heroes, Basil Mawson, the successor to Cuthbert Dukes at St. Mark's. Uh, he pointed out that we do not need uh, more than a centimeter and possibly not even that, so long as we get beyond the palpable distal edge of the cancer. But that's the muscle tube. We've still got to do the good TME. The same principle applies all the way through the GI tract. And the Japanese are now talking about innermost dissectable planes. We got a nice paper here with lots of citations. It was only about really five cases. And then the more important one was my presidential address to the section of surgery at the RSM uh, in 1986. And I was lucky to get away with the title, The Holy Plane of Rectal Surgery, because that has stuck around. And what's more, when Gina Brown came along, I discovered her hidden away in 
as a young resident in Cardiff, and she came and talked to us about how important MRI is because she had worked out that she could see exactly where we guys can dissect. She can see what is white to us as something black on the MRI, uh, the T2-weighted images. This is not irrelevant because back in 2008, rather recently, Leonard Blomquist tells us that more than half the local recurrences are still due to people leaving mesorectum behind. Inadequate TME is common and mesorectal residues detectable by MR are common in Denmark as well. The lateral pelvic walls don't show up so well for actually impacting in a clinical way. So you see those data on the left from Leonard. Um, I just leave them to you that we, we think that the only thing you really need to learn how to do is a good TME. You should know which ones we're giving uh, chemo and radiotherapy to at the Marsden and Basingstoke. That's far and away the most important. Really bad intramesorectal disease also, and of course nodes outside the mesorectal fascia. If you want to know a little bit more, the, uh, those are T3C, N2, and EMVI are what we regard as really bad uh, intra-mesorectal uh, disease, perhaps still with a clear margin. So that's what the Marsden would do. We wouldn't always in Basingstoke give such a case, but always the nodes outside the mesorectal fascia. Just learn TME. These tools help us to do it better. And I would just uh, tell you, it is not easy. And the problem is that, as Edmund Hillary said about climbing up Mount Everest, um, some will do it worse than others. And that's the basis for these recent um, uh, ECOSOG and a la carte trials suggesting that maybe open surgery is better. I don't believe for a moment that it's not potentially better to do minimally invasive surgery. Now, I just ask, this is a sort of concept video. <clears throat> it's me operating in Heidelberg um, fairly recently, actually. I still do occasionally. I'm asked still to do the old operation the same way. Notice the specimen is shiny, and notice that we're following the white and I think I have, this is a concept which I can get across to you. It, first of all, it's not easy. Secondly, it requires you to never to cut into the fat. Because once you cut into fat, you get lost. If you can look hard enough, you will find the plane between what is visceral with its midline uh, blood supply and what is parietal and surrounding it, the nerves and so on, that you want to preserve. So... The innermost white surrounds the visceral envelope. I would just mention TME gets blamed for LAS. It's not TME that gives you LAS. It's the fact that you have to have a lower join because you had cancer. And if you do a perfect TME, you really contribute almost nothing. And I would suggest that here you are. This is Joel Leroy at Strasbourg, at ERCAD. He's doing exactly the same with monopolar diathermy, traction, counter-traction, and doing a lovely job. 
and Eric Rulier, who you're going to uh, hear later, he does similarly beautiful stuff. Um, I would suggest that actually TME is safer and less painful in the long haul for many of the patients than even doing a, a full thickness local excision, especially after radiotherapy. Anyway, I've been all over the world, more than 600 cases in people, other people's operating rooms, and I thank them all for putting up with me. We had a struggle with, you know, with cameras and so on. You see one along the way there. Um, but now, of course, minimally invasive surgery means that everybody can learn the anatomy. They can all learn all these things that I'm talking about. And um, uh, very exciting it is. Uh, Phil, this is Phil Quirk doing a, a cut-up. And you see how we uh, try to judge the quality of the specimen in this kind of way. This was one actually going back so many years, but you see the principle of the TME operation. It is a proper uh, embryologically based operation depending on um, plane. And naked eye assessment, really valuable. And surgeons have got used to the idea that they're going to be criticized about what they take out. And I think this is one of the best things that's happened to surgery. Gina has been telling us about the importance of EMVI, really important here. I don't know whether we can get her sound. No, we can't, never mind. She's saying, Bill, you operated on this one. And uh, there's some ex extramural vascular invasion, very, very obvious, and she thinks it's very important. So I, we, we were received in Toronto as the Fab Four, that's Rob Glynn-Jones made up the four, Gina Brown and Phil Quirk. So as a little traveling team, uh, that's what we were. I just ask you to look at this. This is a, a, a longitudinal slice through the mesorectum there. That is alive with a malignant node, with uh, lymphatics, with stasis. Um, it's quite different from ordinary fat that God give you, gave you to sit on. And I would ask you to realize that it's dangerous different fat, even if it doesn't look so. Very dangerous stuff to leave inside the patient. Not doing that is a very good idea. That was the first paper. The Holy Plain was the second paper. And there have been, of course, lots of other papers. And we don't... Uh, nobody believed us, so John McFarlane came all the way from uh, British Columbia, showed that actually just doing a decent operation over there on the right with no radio and chemotherapy actually did an awful lot better than what they were doing even partly at the Mayo Clinic and a, a number of other American hospitals. The objective is the perfect specimen. And there it is again, the same. I have to tell you the concept, we're beginning to think, well, if that's the only thing that's really important to take out, why should we, if we've got more accurate uh, radiation, why should we not have the plane wholly in um, radiation too? 
and I have in my old age the joy of being chairman of the colorectal cancer project at this beautiful hospital, the Champalamo Institute for the Unknown. What a lovely title and what a beautiful hospital and it's that title because this is where Vasco da Gama and Bartholomew Diaz 500 odd years ago sailed away and discovered the rest of the world internal patient's garden. That's going back to our concept that the yellow is the protected tissues with the VMAP machine, and then the TMI is the, uh, uh, this is based on the belief that mesorectal residues are the main cause of local recurrence. That's our medical oncologist uh, chief in the MDT, Carlos Cavallo, and the chief of surgery, uh, Nuno Figueiredo. Uh, and that's Oriol Perez, who is really a surgical radiotherapist. And Inez Santiago, who is the most wonderful radiologist, who feeds him the beautiful images that enable us to get that kind of uh, result. What about, well, I say result, I haven't given you the results, but keep your eyes out for the results, and please come to Champalamo in Lisbon, because I think we have exciting things to tell you. So what are we going to change? I'm running out, fairly close to running out my time. Any changes? Uh, let us just consider the holy plane hypothesis and develop it a little. The midline origin gut and its mesenteries covered with a layer of visceral fascia, mesorectal or mesocolic. The retroperitoneum and the pelvic sidewalls are lined by parietal fascia, the dissection plane is between two layers of fascia. You can see this microscopically. In a perfect uh, case, you can see it also uh, surgically. Uh, there are areas of adherence where the nerves are and so on, where sometimes you have to do uh, surface dissection. Uh, we have, uh, it used to be simple, it's certainly not simple anymore, as you all know. That's what we've been talking about for three days. Um, in the TME area, should we be going inside the uh, Denonvilliers septum at the front and Valdez at the back? I think the short answer is if we can do it without compromising the margin relation to the cancer, then that's probably where we should be going. Should we be doing it open or laparoscopically? I would suggest to you it depends on what your surgeon feels best doing. We've got no evidence to suggest that any one of these methods is actually better than the others. There's a few papers saying that the really skilled robotic surgeons and, uh, uh, can actually perhaps reserve the nerves a little bit better. That's one of them, Amjad Pave. Just watch him doing a robotic dissection here. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And he's well on the way. I probably haven't got time to show you. Uh, I have one minute or two, but you see he's well on the way to what I call a white pelvis. The white pelvis is because the fascia lining everything is intact. That's dissecting in front of Denonvilliers septum. That is Denonvilliers septum there. But this kind of, it's the skill of the surgeon, whether it's open, laparoscopic, or robotic. I say to Amjad, 
you could do that laparoscopically, couldn't you? And he says, yes, I could, but I can't teach it quite as well and I can't uh, make it quite as nicely stepwise. He's probably going through uh, Denonvilliers there. Tamis TME? Well, I've been involved with An An Antonio Lacey here in this city. Um, and here you see another uh, Tamis surgeon. And these are some of the best pictures of... Can he actually preserve the nerves better? This is what the battle is about. It's not been won, and so there is no clear answer at this moment. You're very lucky to have this lovely man in this city, and it's been a great privilege for me to be a fellow traveler, but I still have an open mind on whether this is best done from above or below, uh, the, or whether we mustn't... This is our watch-and-wait clinic at Champalamo. Um, Nuno running the watch and wait. We've got to have our minds open for this. Um, let me just show you one tiny little bit of low down in the pelvis. Here is some beautiful, you see the bendy arm at the end of the uh, robot. I am, I have to say, I am seeing in my old age the operation done better than I could ever do it. And uh, I, I don't think the scientific evidence is there. We know the Rolar trial did not show any superiority. But I think surgery is not very good at being led by trials. I think it has to be a measure of personal judgment as to what is actually... That is a white pelvis, isn't it? It's beautiful. Um, the white pelvis, my TME surgical dream. This is a fantastic little video which I'm going to rush through, but it shows how a robotic surgeon operating from above in a woman, and uh, you see the lovely two bills, two buttocks, you see the pubococcygeus or anococcygeal raphe there, and if I whiz this along at huge speed, you will see that you can do the whole of an abdominoperineal operation with a robot from above. So there's a battle. Better from above, better from below. I have an open mind still, and I really feel privileged to be in a situation where I can actually make a judgment. That's a white pelvis. Uh, have you ever seen the muscles of... That's my hand, finger coming up, my contribution, wig wiggling the skin. Anyway, summary... The fundamental, definable unit of cure in rectal cancer is TME. And it's true if you go further up the sausage in most visceral cancers. I would just leave you as medical oncologists to ask yourselves whether these anatomical realities, this fact that the midline structures are so separate from the surrounding structures, have they been fully exploited. We're starting with our TMI idea with the radiotherapy where if you've got VMAT or you've got a really good uh, intensity modulated machine, it seems a challenge we must rise to. What about chemo and selective arterial delivery of chemo? In Basingstoke, we've just celebrated 2,000 complete cytoreductions over HIPEC. But that's been around 50 years. So maybe we need to shake up our ideas and think, are there ways in which we could use this important anatomical uh, comment uh, valuably in medical oncology and radiation oncology? 
Thank you very much for the honor of this talk.